Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Courts Outside Out Podcast once again. I'm Josh Shimanov. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. It is Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. We get UC Vegas 62 to go over. It's coming down on Saturday. We have a shit ton of boxing going down, like four or five events. You also got a lot of news to go over. But Angel, you know what? You know what keeps me going through these, these, these tough, these tough weeks heading into the winter, you know, this week specifically, we got a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to be working a lot this weekend. But you know what keeps me going, Angel? Can you guess what it is? I I might have an idea. Does it start with an R? It does, because it's Rogue Energy. <laughs> and you can get it from RogueEnergy.com. Use that code SOUNDOFF at checkout. If you want 10% off your order, that's, again, code SOUNDOFF at checkout. 10% off of all your energy needs. You know, it keeps me going, keeps me fueled. I've been hitting the gym hard lately, going fucking five days a week, six days a week. But you know what, though? I, I'm able to do it easily with my rowing energy shaker bottle at my side, you know. And you can get that with 10% off if you use code SOUNDOFF at checkout. So, yeah, once again, Rogue Energy Kittle will sponsor the show, code SOUNDOFF, 10% off. Feel free to get yourself something, get someone uh, you love something. Holidays are coming up. It would be a great Christmas gift, Rogue Energy. Com. This Saturday night from UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, UC Vegas 62. Um, you know, this card's really flying under the radar, man. And there could be there's a variety of reasons for that. I'd say the, the first one, biggest reason is the main event. Two women's flyweights, a division that really does not get any attention outside of Valentin Shachenko, but they are finally getting a chance, two top contenders in the division, getting a chance to showcase their skills. Honestly, winner might get a title shot next, especially if it is Alexa Grasso, who is riding a three-fight winning streak, last seen defeating Joanne Wood by submission back in March, taking on Vivian Argera, won three of her last four, last defeated Andrea Lee in May. They're going to get five rounds to show what they're capable of. Like I said, the winner may get a title shot here. I think a lot of attention's not really going to this card because of the main event, but honestly, stylistically-wise, I think it's a banger in terms of uh, entertainment value. What do you think, man? And, and who do you got on this one? I'm excited, man. It's a, it's a good uh, good fight. You know, uh, for Alexa Grasso, I feel like she's done a lot of growing. We've seen that in her last few fights, man. She's, she's starting to look like uh, a more well-rounded fighter. Obviously, her, her work on the feet was already pretty slavish, but her, her ground game was a big question mark, right? I mean, she would get to the ground and kind of just be, kind of be there, man. Kind of like look at the referee and I'm, you could, you can go back and watch some of the world fights where she's on the ground and she is kind of just there. She doesn't, I don't know if it's not necessarily she doesn't know what she's doing, but she's kind of looking at the ref and be like, can you stand this up? I'm trying to stall. Please get me out of here. And now, no, she's improved a lot of her ground game. She won her last fight in the first round of uh, Submission over Joanne Wood, and and against Viviana Arujo, uh, a good test of her skills, and uh, she had a hell of a performance against Andrew Lee last time out. I'm excited to see what the what the Mexican native does now with the improved ground game. Obviously, the striking has looked good. I mean, she's looked on a, I mean, she looks like a new fighter. I mean, she she doesn't seem like the the Alexa Grasso before, and. Uh, 
I think it's her time, man. I think she's going to come out here and have a hell of a performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. In in terms of this fight, there's a lot on the line here. I think, obviously, at, at the top of women's flyweight division, we got Shachenko, and I think most people figured Talia uh, Santos would be getting a rematch, but due to I mean, she broke her orbital, if I remember correctly, so she's going to be out for a long time. Uh, look, man, I think Alexa Grasso is hitting her stride right now, and a lot of people will say it's because of the division switch. I thought she was already looking better down at uh, Strawway, which she finally decided to leave. Obviously, her last Strawway fight was a, a majority decision loss to the champ, Carlos Barza. Um, since the moving to the flyweight, dude, I thought she looked spectacular. She's only 29. She just turned 29, funnily enough, so she's still very, very young. I think she came to the UFC. I don't know if she had a whole lot of hype. She came in, honestly, a little bit too soon, if you're being completely honest. But she's finally hit her stride. She's in the right weight class. I think she gets a big win here, and I think she gets the title shot next. I think that she's proven that she's well-rounded. She has a lot of skills. She seems to have carry more power up at 125 as well, which is very, very big. She's a brawler. She's well-rounded. I think she gets the win here, and uh, and honestly, I think she can put on a great performance. Um, i got to be honest, though. I'm way more excited for the co-main than the main event, not going to lie. And I'm sure that you probably are as well. Cub Swanson, UC Hall of Famer, legend, uh, living legend at this point. Won three of his last four, despite the fact that he's, you know, 38 years old fighting at featherweight. Uh, that one loss, obviously, he came Giga Chikadze. He said, fuck it. You know what? I'm going to be a 38-year-old down at bantamweight. <laughs> he's going to make his bantamweight de- uh, debut this Saturday, taking on Jonathan Martinez. Jonathan Martinez, 28 years young. The Dragon out of uh, Factory X MMA. He's won three in a row, five of his last six. And he's just, I mean, he's another one of these young guys that is just hitting their stride at the right time. He's getting matched up with a guy 10 years his senior. And he's finally, um, he's getting a big spot to prove himself. Do you, what do you what do you think about this one? Do you think he's gonna be able to get the big win, or do you think Cubs Swanson's gonna make a big impact down at one thirty five? Man, look, it's uh, <laughs> I think uh, regardless of who you are, right? Cubs Swanson is a tough fight for anybody, dude. Uh, now, I, at one thirty five though, I mean that's at this point in time, I, I'm curious to see, man. It might be a big mistake. I don't know. It's always hard going down and going up. That's the one thing that, that we always bring up. For Johnny Martinez, I mean, this is this is where he's at. This is the way he he fights at. This is where he's comfortable. He is a one thirty five er. This is what he's been at uh, in his time at UFC, and it's worked out for him. And he comes out to bang man. He's had some banger fights, and he came in back in twenty eighteen. He's been around since twenty eighteen. He's been he came in with an eight. It was like an eight and one record. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, I feel like. One, how's he going to deal with the pressure of fighting a guy like Cub, right? The the name, that's always a big thing to some of these guys. Because, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of these guys were fans, you know, before they got into the sport. They they know the names. They saw them fight, and now you're there with them. Sometimes people break in those moments. And I'm kind of surprised this is the co-main and not the fight that's uh, before it. But I think it'll still be a banger. Jonathan Martinez comes out and bangs every time. Cub Swanson, I mean, you know what Cub Swanson brings. Uh Mm-hmm. I just think the big thing is the the change in weight and how that's going to work out for him. I'm sure he's doing it properly and everything, but you never know, man. We've seen it, you know, take a toll on some people and it changes them and it, it, it they just don't end up being the same fighter. There is a guy like Jose Aldo who did it and did it right and it's worked out. And uh, Jared Cannonier, who knows? At 38, 
I don't know how much of a difference he's going to make. I'm going to go Jonathan Martinez. Yeah, man. And he went ahead and said it there that, like, at this point in his career, 38 years old, and now here's the thing, is, is Killer Cubs a professional. And I have no doubt that he's going about this the right way. And I'm sure he'll make weight. But the reality is, is that at 38 years old, you've been fighting in MMA for 18 years, Cub has, at featherweight. Um, he might have even taken a lightweight fight at some point there. I honestly don't remember. But I know for a fact he's never fought as low as 135. So for him to go ahead and make that leap, yeah, he actually started his career up at lightweight for his first eight fights. So, yeah, he's a former featherweight and former lightweight. Him deciding to take that leap down in weight at such an old age, style-wise, I mean, shit, dude, this, this fight's a coin flip. But what makes me go ahead and pick Jonathan Martinez to get the win is just because of the uncertainty of moving down in weight at such an old age. Sometimes it works out. I mean, we got to remember Frankie Edgar moved down to 135. Back in 2020, picked up a win in his debut, but um, and at, at that point in time, Pedro Munoz was, was much better than Jonathan Martinez is now. But still, man, I just think that there's a whole lot of unknowns. So I'm gonna go ahead and take Jonathan Martinez to pick up the win here. Big fan of Cub would not be surprised at all to see him pick up the win. If you look at the betting odds on this one, it's very very close. Um, but I am gonna go ahead and take Jonathan Martinez to go ahead and pick up the win and get the biggest win of his career today. Um, and you went ahead and uh, normally I'd ask you, you know, like, oh, what, car, what fights are you most looking forward to? We just got to go one down, dude. I mean, this this kind of card is giving shine to a lot of divisions that normally don't get it. Women's flyweight and then also the men's flyweight division. Because third on the main card, Brandon Royval, Askar Askarov. Uh, we're not getting a title shot, but they're right there. I mean, both of these guys, Askar Askarov, 14-1-1. He's coming off a loss to Kai Car France. If he won that one, he would have gotten an interim title shot. Uh, Brandon Roy Val, raw dog, as he is known, uh, two wins in a row to get himself back in a title contention. Very, very exciting fight here. What do you think about that one? Uh, look, for, for Brandon, I mean, he's, he's a big guy, dude, for, uh, for the weight class. I mean, he's 5'9. Just his limbs and his size is already kind of interesting, uh, for any opponent he's gonna bring. He's, uh, and he's game as shit, dude. He has a slick jujitsu game, too. Uh, slick on the uh, slick on the feet. We'll throw some obscure strikes for Askar. Uh, you know, obviously we know we know the wrestling. We know we know we can do on the feet. Super durable, hard to get out of there. And uh, I mean, with Brandon, same thing, man. We know he's hard to get out of there. I always I always bring up, man, his his Kaikara win, man, where he he goes down and he's coming up and he's and he does he throws the elbow and he puts down Kaikara and capitalizes on it and gets the submission. Uh, I think this is a great opportunity for him. Look, for Brandon, there, there's things and there's holes, but I think he he could surprise people. He could if he gets the ball rolling, if he keeps improving, I think he could come out here and do something against Askar Askarov. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I think that Brandon Royval is so wild that um, yeah, I saw somebody make this comparison. This fight's kind of like discount. Habib versus Tony, just in terms of styles, not in terms of like build up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like I like the way you word it. Yeah, yeah. These, these I mean, these are two wild guys, um, and I'm very excited. This is, in my opinion, the best fight on the card. I'd I'd be a little bit surprised if Roy Val won, but he's so wild and he's so. There's no other way to put it. That motherfucker is flowy. You know what I mean? Like he just he's a flowy guy. He like every he never seems out of his depth. Um, hey man, no you gotta keep in mind he he beat Tim Elliott and Kai Kara France back to back. Yeah, and you know what? He was given a hell of a fight. Like 
It's crazy to think about. He was given a hell of a fight until he dislocated his um. Wasn't he like dislocated his shoulder against Moreno in the final minute of that fight of, the, of that first round? Excuse me. Something like, like that. There was an injury that that pretty much put him, you know, compromised him. I mean, you know, yeah, exactly. Never... Like, and the fight was close to that point. And and if Moreno doesn't win that fight by injury, who knows what happens? <laughs> who knows and how then, different history is, right? Yeah, because remember he goes on to fight Figueroa a month after that fight. So who knows, man? But yeah, I mean, I, I'm psyched for that flyweight fight. I wish that they got 25 minutes, man. I'm really upset he did not get 25 minutes. Like, I like Alexa Grasso and Vivian Ardero, but I, I'm disappointed that those two those two boys. And, dude, you know that those guys are going to want, especially Askarov, are going to want to go out there and make a fucking statement, dude. Like, especially considering he just lost the first time. Like, I'm I'm psyched for that fight, man. In my opinion, the top to bottom whole card, best fight by far, by a mile, in my opinion. Those two guys. T- two top five guys. And they're both looking to remain in of contention. But... You know, overall, rest of the card, there's a lot of solid matches as well. Which ones are you most looking forward to? Oh, man, another one that I'm excited for. And another one that I'm surprised is not on the main card, man. Rafael uh, Asuncao, Victor Henry. Victor Henry making his UFC debut in a banger of a fight. Fight of the year contender, Rafael Asuncao. You know, I just, I, I, I never know how to put it, but he's just one of those guys, man, who's been around, and he's there, and he's a live dog, and he has this record, and He's a big part of the division, and he's you know he's not gonna be appreciated enough until he's gone. And uh, for Victor, man, I'm surprised it took this long. I mean, nine months. I mean, I get it, man. Right? You know, you it, it was a tough fight. I'm sure you know he had to recover, and uh, you know I'm excited to see him back in there and see what kind of performance he puts up, man. Because like I said, he's 35 years old, especially at 135. I mean, how much is left in the tank, man? You got to get it rolling. You got to put yourself in these positions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, the thing about the sun sideways, and I think you went and hit the, the the name around the head there, but like you went ahead and uh, said, like he's a guy that people are are not going to appreciate until he's gone, and it's coming up soon. <laughs> I mean, no offense, but it's coming up, you know, really, really soon. He's lost four in a row, three of those by finish, but before that, he was as good as it gets. Like he had like a stretch there, even like third, twelve of thirteen fights, only lost was a Dillashaw during that stretch. Windsor Sterling, Rob Fawn, Marlon Rice, TJ Dillashaw, like just tons of good dudes. So it is, it's, it's almost kind of heartbreaking to see the way his career is ending. But Victor Henry's a savage, and I, and I'm sure the fight will be fun, at least forever long it lasts. But, um, yeah, that one just kind of disappointed the way of treating his son, Sal Man. Uh, some guys get a legend treatment on the way out the door. Some guys, uh, are treated like Rafael Asenso is right now. So, um, yeah, it kind of is what it is. Um, and just as the main card, Jordan Wright is going to be backing on du- Dusko Tarodovic. Uh, he's a Serbian guy. Uh, look, both of these guys are essentially killer be killed in their UFC career so far. Yes, I, sir. Yeah, yes, so that, sir. That one, like, I'm look, I'm not a betting man, right? That's a lie. Um, I'm totally oh, betting. Josh is like, I wouldn't bet on that. <laughs> I would, I would absolutely bet on this fight ending by finish. Who is going to win? No fucking clue. <laughs> but in terms of finish, hell yeah, man. Um, every single one of Jordan Wright's fights have ended by finishing the UFC. Disco only one has gone to decision. One to five. So they have a, they've had like ten UFC fights combined. One has gone to decision. So there you go. Um, yeah, scary, that one should be fair. Yeah. Um, Misha Serkinov taking on Alonzo Menafield. 
I like this matchup, but I hate this matchup. You know, uh, Misha's 35. He's lost three in a row. He tried out middleweight. It didn't work for him. And now he's taking on Alonzo Menafield, who, I mean, I like Alonzo, but he's very much like a guy that's like, I still have no good he is at this point in his UFC career. I mean, he came in, he won a couple of, uh, he, he, I mean, shit, he beat Paul Craig, dude. Like, he, he had some solid wins. He's had some really bad losses. So this one can go either way, but I got a bad feeling that Alonzo Menafield's just going to fuck up Bisha. So, um, yeah, I'd like to be proven wrong, but, I mean, what do you think about that one? No, it's, I mean, that's a matchup I was looking at. I don't know. I mean, they're both kind of, you know, Alonzo got a win last time out, but I feel like one of these guys needs to start building off of them. I mean, they're both in their mid-30s. Alonzo's 34. I mean, we always bring up, you know, he looks so young, but he's 34. I mean, he he just turned 34, or he's about to turn 35, actually, this month. Yeah, yeah, so he's old. Yeah. He, he, you know, his time is, is you know, is limited. You know, obviously, at a bigger weight class, you can get away with it, but... You gotta start racking up those wins, man, and, and getting yourself in those positions and getting those ranked opponents. Mm. Yeah, man, and we'll see what happens this Saturday with him. I mean, it, like you and said, like he's one of those guys that's like deceptively old. I mean, he's almost thirty-five, so you know we'll see what happens. Um, rest of the card, man. Brandon Davis is going to be back. He's generally a pretty entertaining guy. Uh, whenever he steps into the octagon, Nick Maximoff taking on Jacob Malkoon. Great matchup. Um, great matchup, especially good matchmaking. Uh, Jacob Malkoon, a guy that's I and he's one of another one of those guys I don't really know his place, man. I mean, he he got knocked out by Phil Hawes in like twenty seconds, but he turns right around and beat Abdul Hazak Al Hassan. AJ Dobson had a competitive fight with Brendan Allen. Nick Maxwell was coming off that upset loss to Andre Petrovsky, where he got choked out cold like a minute in. I don't think that's necessarily indicative of his talent level. He's only twenty four years old. He has a lot of potential, but. Damn, dude, like, that was a tough loss last time out. So we'll see what happens there up in middleweight. Joe Anderson, Brito, taking on Lucas Alexander, low-key banger on the card. Uh, but we do, we do gotta give a shout-out to our boy. Friend of the show. Opening <laughs> it up the card. For, and he said, he's like, I'm opening up the card for the second time in a row. Mike, the truth Jackson, friend of the show, great guy, big fan of him. Um, coming off that DQ win last time out. Fuck yeah, uh, man. Get your money, King. Get your money, King. Do and by the way, that shit was hella dirty. It looked like he was trying <laughs> it looked like I'm not sure if you rewatched that since that uh that fight it, happened. Is it way worse looking back at it? It looks like he tries to scoop out his eye. It literally looks like you know like an ice cream scooper? Yes. It looks like that tried to it looks like he takes his fucking finger scissors and do an ice cream scooper tries to scoop his scoop out his eye, dude. Like it's Dude, we if might have to bring Mike was... back after this, dude, to talk about his whole, like, why he decided to come back and do these last fights and all that. Oh, yeah, that, that'd be fun for sure. I mean, I'll I'll, re- I'll give him some time after this fight, especially oh, yeah. how it goes. But... Oh, we'll, we'll probably have to do it next year. Yeah, especially, I mean, shit, dude. If he wins or, late, this or, one, late this, or late this year. If he wins this one, it's off to the races for our boy, right. you know? And it's another fight. Like, he, he, you know, P. Rodriguez, I actually, he's a huge favorite. By the way, Mike, Mike was a... Huge underdog earlier this year, ended up pulling out the win. We'll see if he can do it again. P. Rodriguez is actually pretty skilled, man. Um, he's actually pretty skilled. I mean, he's got, he, he's got hands. He does, and he lost to Jack De La Maddalena. which um, we've learned is a fucking savage. After that, unbelievable man. savage, you know. Um, so I don't necessarily know if that's like. Uh, 
don't know if that's like indicative of his talent level. But yo, Mike's got some things on his side. Pete Rodriguez is 5'9". He's a, he's a shorter guy. Um, I know that Mike's going to have the reach advantage. So we'll see what happens, man. I mean, I know I, I saw the odds in this one. I'm like, Mike is a – Pete Rodriguez is a minus – 660 as of now. That's pretty wild for a guy in his fifth fight, you know. Uh, but shit, we'll see what happens. I went back and watched some of his fights. Kid's got hands, you know. He he, he has really good hands, actually. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's no shame in losing to Jack Dylan out of Atlanta. And, and I know he took that fight on short notice, too. So, we'll see what happens here. But regardless of what happens, dude, Mike Jackson, for real, got to have the strangest UFC career of all time. I know, I think I've said it before on this show, but, like, he outlasted Mickey Gall, dude. <laughs> technically. Like, Mickey's no longer on the UFC roster. Mike is. So he technically outlasted. Oh, I forgot. They removed Mickey from the roster, right? Yeah, because uh, he lost his last two and his contract expired. Heartbreaking. Yeah, but, you know, if he's still with the UFC, Mike Jackson. Mike Jackson. <laughs> I wonder what's so, happened to Mickey. I wonder if he's going to go to, like, Bellator or some shit. Who, Mickey? Yeah. Uh, You know, I he, I, I would not be surprised to see him end up in, in PFL or one. I got a feeling Bellator would just not be not be very interesting. I don't know why. Bellator yeah. hasn't really signed any big names in a minute. But I mean, oh, no, they picked up some lightweights. They filled up the little roster. Man. They picked up some guys from Ryzen. Yeah, regardless, outside of those guys. But, um, yeah, man, I'm actually pretty excited for that fight going down on, uh, it's opening up the card. So if you guys want to see, find of the show, fight, he'll be fighting at like three o'clock or whatever the fuck. So, um, <laughs> wow, Josh, wow. I'm just saying, um, it is kind of funny that he opened up the card twice. But, anyways, man, um, that should be a banger. And overall, overall, man, like this card, very, very light on name value outside of maybe Cub and, and Alexa Grasso and the, the two flyweights. In terms of matchups, though, I mean, there was a couple of bangers, dude, you know? But, um, yeah, that's all we got for UC Talk this week. Um, but we do have a lot of boxing to go over. Specifically, at the top of the marquee, now there's, there's, we can debate which, which is the biggest fight of the weekend. Um, but PBC is putting on a hell of a card on Saturday, and it is the return of the Bronze Bomber. Bronze Squad! Returning against Robert, the Nordic Nightmare, Helenus. Three wins in a row, all by knockout. Five of his last six, excuse me, six of his last seven, Robert Helenus. These guys are former sparring partners, former teammates. They said they'd only fight if there was a world uh, title opportunity in the on the line or if there's a title on the line. So it tells you how important this matchup is. It's going to be Wilder's first fight since his knockout loss to Tyson Fury over a year ago. Also, in the co-main spot, Caleb Flynn's taking on Anthony Durrell, dude. Solid, solid match for former champions there. What do you think about this card, man? I mean, I understand that it's not like you can. Some people are mad that it's like pay per view and that there should be a free card. Honestly, these two top, these top two matchups are about as good as it gets. So, what do you think about this one, man? I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, just those two kind of sell it for me. And obviously, there's, I'm sure there's other guys on the come up and names that are being built up that you know maybe we don't appreciate now, but we'll appreciate you know a year or two from now or whatever maybe. But yeah, you, you kind of set it up there for the main event, man. Uh, that's the relationship between the two guys. You know, they, they have some history. Who knows what the coaches knows that we don't know? They know each other 
I mean, they know each other's weaknesses and strengths. You know, who knows how hard they've gone when they when they've trained. But I mean, obviously, if they're pushing each other for world titles or they're putting a lot in a lot of effort to push each other to their limits as much as they can within reason. And now they're here to take each other's heads off. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, man. And then this, I mean, they they were teammates for a long time, man. They always said they weren't going to fight, but now we are. And and honestly, like this is one of those matchups where I can. Wilder, I think, should win this. But that's that's the thing. He should win. You know? Um, I mean, I think he's going to win. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, who knows how much damage, how much that's going to play a role. That damage that he took in the Tyson Fury trilogy. Those last two fights, he got fucking bludgeoned. You know? It's, um, been, um, it's been over a year now. I mean, it, it, has, it has been over a year. He did the right thing. He took a lot of time off, you know, which is, which is the right thing to do. But we'll see if it plays a role. But just for your official prediction, what do you think? Oh, Josh, I'm picking Bond Squad! Squad! Yeah, man. Uh, same page. Same page. Um, look, I've always said Deontay Wilder is not the best fighter of, of the heavyweight division. Not even, not even close. But guess what? He can beat anybody in any given night. And I think he knocks out Robert Helenas. I don't know what round. I could see Helenas taking a couple of early rounds, but... I think I think we kind of know why at this point, unless it's until it's the end of the fight, it doesn't really matter. You know, and like I said, uh, we he he knows him. For all we know, he's like, I'm gonna play it safe. Few first rounds, is you know, I know how I used to go in sparring, and then bam, he puts some lights out. Yeah, but who sure. knows? Or who knows? Kalidas might be like, I know his game plan. I know kind of what he likes to do against me. Let me counter it this way. Let me throw him off. Let me not do what I normally do. It might confuse him. And you know, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of mental games going into this. Stuff that you don't really think about, but it's a factor. Yeah, and that's the reason why it's such a big fight. I mean, it, well, not such a big fight. such an interesting fight because you don't know how these guys were in training. I'm figuring, I'm assuming that Helena's had to have some success to make him want to take this fight. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and take Wilder, and obviously we don't have to give our official prediction for the Coleman, but I'm assuming Cable Plant's going to go ahead and handle business as well there. Um but yeah, man, I mean, this is a stellar card. I feel like very rare that you actually get a boxing. And there's also somebody good on the undercard, too. I can't think of it right now. Um, I'm actually going to go ahead and look this up real quickly. Because there is another really good fight on the undercard, at least like a, like a good name. Um, that kind of makes me feel like, oh, well, you know, there's no there's no title on the line here. But, like, it's actually like a really, really good, like, event overall. Um, it's Gary Antonio Russell taking on Emmanuel Rodriguez. Oh, also Frank Sanchez taking on Carlos Negron. So, yeah, a couple of really good fights in this one. Uh, so yeah, very, very good card on Fox Sports pay-per-view. Wish it was a pay-per-view, but like, I get it. It's, it's like a really, really good main and co-main. But yeah, that's now the only boxing this weekend, Angel. On ESPN slash Sky Sports, Clarissa Shields taking on Savannah Marshall, dude. This is a fight long in the making. They fought in the amateur scene 10 years ago, last November, I believe. And um, they went ahead, may not be November, but regardless, it was, it was over 10 years ago. Um, recently just had the anniversary. But anyways, we these two fought back then in the amateur scene, and Savannah Marshall beat Clarissa Shields. That is the only time that Clarissa Shields has ever lost in a boxing match, amateur or professional. Which is kind of fucking mind-blowing that she only lost once in the amateur. But regardless... They're finally going to run it back this time, you know, a decade later. They're both champions. There's a unification fight going down in the U.K. 
This fight is very, very interesting to me, man. In terms of stylistic matchups, this is probably going to be the closest fight of the weekend, is, is my prediction. But what do you think about this one? I'm excited. I mean, the history's there. I mean, for Carissa Shields, I mean, she's peaking uh, in, in her career as far as uh, her boxing and all that. And I mean, she's... She, I mean, in her opinion, has established herself as the as the female goat of boxing. Uh, but there's one thing she needs to do, and it's get one back on someone that got her. And uh, this is her chance to do it in England, in the Gallus hometown. I mean, how else would you want to do it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind of honestly, I'm a little bit surprised she decided to go to England for this fight. Um, if this thing goes up scorecards, which I assume it will, could be a little bit of fuckery, just saying. But um, I'm going to go ahead and take Clarissa Shields to win. Um, oh, you changed I, your opinion. I did change my opinion. I think looking at this fight, a lot of it ultimately just comes down to the fact that women's boxing, like Savannah Marshall can land that big punch. But the reality is that women's boxing, it's 10 rounds and they're two-minute rounds. I don't think she'll land that knockout punch in 20 minutes. I just don't. You know, um, she's beaten a lot of good opponents lately. But you don't think she's gonna Ann Wolf ice her out, dude? I I don't think she will. Shout out Ann Wolf, you know. Shout out, shout out, go, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, I I like Savannah Marshall a whole lot, man. And I know they have a rematch clause, so we're probably gonna be seeing this fight twice. But I just think stylistically wise, I don't think she's gonna be able to land that big knockout punch. I'm sure she'll, she'll tag Clarissa. She, she, I'm assuming she'll give her the toughest fight of her career, which doesn't honestly mean much considering she hasn't really been tested. That's good, though. That's good. It is. It is good. But I think, like, I don't know, man. I think Clarissa just has too much going on in her favor, you know? I mean, what do you, what do you think about this one? I mean, like, you kind of laid it out there. I mean, we've, we we kind of previewed it before already. I forgot about that, Josh. We did yeah. preview this before. I mean, our opinions have – your opinions have changed. I, I thought – I think I was – I had picked Clarissa at the time. And uh, I was riding her, man. I, I said, you know, Savannah has that power. We talked about it. But there's just something that I, that I think that, of course, I just think Chris is just a better boxer overall, and I think she's going to come through, and she's going to get she's going to get that big decision away. And I don't think she's going to get the finish, and I don't think Savannah Marks is going to be able to get her out there, and like you said, in those ten two minute rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting fight, regardless. I, I mean, this is basically a coin flip, in my opinion. You look at the betting odds, you look at virtually like the way people are making predictions. It's essentially just a fucking coin flip at this point. Um, yeah, I'm going to go take Larissa Shields to get the win, though. And I'm very, very excited for that. But like I said, it's going to be the closest match for the weekend, in my opinion. Of, like, all the big boxing matches, one of which we're still about to talk about. Do you think uh, it uh, it could become a Katie Taylor or Amanda Serrano? What do you mean? Like, just in terms of, like, a banger how close like it was? Yeah, decision? close and a, you know, and a banger. Yeah. I could see it happening, yeah. No, I don't. I don't necessarily think it'll play out the same way because Serrano and Taylor they were going to war and they were always going to go to war and it was both of them putting on, you know, the best form of themselves that one night, sacrificing it all in the center of that ring, toe to toe. I don't think Clarissa Shields going to have it play out that way. I fully expect Savannah Marshall to force a lot of the action, but um, yeah, man. I mean, I, I think it's going to be close regardless. I don't see either one of these people getting like run over. Either one of these women. So damn, this is all going down on the same day, dude. How am I gonna manage that? I don't know because there's there's still there's still two more angel. There's still two more. There's two more. Which one am I forgetting? <clears throat> yeah, there is. Well, let's just go ahead and talk about this one. Technically, is probably the most important fight. I guess. I guess you can argue. Um, Devin Haney 
taking on George Cambosos Jr. This is going to be a rematch of their fights that happened earlier this year in Australia where Devin Haney just dominated. I mean, you you would be generous to give George Cambosos more than two rounds, you know. Um, but you know what? There was a rematch clause. It was the first loss of George Cambosos' career. He went in and activated the rematch clause, so we're going to run it back this time in a much smaller arena because nobody really cares. And <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, but there is significantly less excitement. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going down on Saturday. I guess it would technically be Sunday in Australia, but um, regardless, man, what do you think about this matchup? Do you think that Kimbosos can go ahead and spring the upset? I know The odds might be, honestly, the widest of this fight for any other one, given that there was not even – it was not even – Close the last time they fought. Do you think that Cambosos can go ahead and make the adjustments and make this fight at the very least closer than it was when we saw them fight earlier this year? I don't. I don't know if he can, man. It, it, I mean, you you saw it there. Devin was just a better boxer. It it was just plain that simple. And Cambosos has a lot of heart. He is a tough guy, and and he's a good fighter. He can fight, but. <laughs> Devin Haney knows how to fucking box, dude. At 23 years old, that kid has made a statement, and he's going to make a statement again in this guy's home country, and it's really going to fuck with him. Campos' mentally, man. Mm. Yeah, man. I mean, I think... Man, this this fight's going to be tough, man. I mean, the thing is, is that part of the reason why there's no real excitement is because, like, if there's, like... Very rarely in boxing. It's like a lot of we've – we've had some pointless rematches before. But like, for example, the trilogy between Wilder and Fury, <clears throat> there was no real excitement. There's not a whole lot of excitement going into that one. But I think everybody kind of knew that Wilder can give him some tough rounds. He can put him down. He can put him down at any time. George Cambosos is not that guy. Like he has a fair bit of punching power. But like look, it's just – it's he didn't show even being competitive against Devin Haney. Like I said earlier, if you, if you gave him two rounds, more than that, you were being generous. Like, in those those rounds that you got to find were very, very close and arguing with the Haney anyways. Like, I just don't see George Campbell's pulling up a win here. He's, he hasn't really changed anything. He's going to have to be willing to walk forward and to eat a lot of shots in order to try and make something happen. And he might actually do that. He might actually walk forward. But still, I don't think he's going to be able to touch Devin Haney. I think Devin Haney is a class of this division. And I think he easily beats him again, probably by decision. Um, uh, what do you think? Is he going to be able to do it? No, I don't think Devin Haney. I think Devin Haney will be able to do it. My bad. I, I don't think Campos is going to be able to come back. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he does change something up. But I mean, it, it hasn't been that long. He really did take a fair bit of damage. It might even be worse than the first time. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's going to be, but it could be. Yeah, who knows? No, It'll I, be a lot more competitive, which I think would be awesome. And I think that would be like. You know, if Cambosos doesn't win, it'd still be a good look for him, and it'd be like, you know something, this guy's still a tough out. This guy can still get this matchup later down the road at some point because he's 29 and Haney's 23, about to turn 24. You never know. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, though, is that's part of the reason why I wish this was not a uh, uh, an instant rematch. Because, like, you know, a couple of years down the line, like, George Cambosos, I don't doubt it'll be a contender in the uh, lightweight division for a while, man. Like, he's very, very good. Like, even just excluding that one upset of Lopez, if you, if you want to go ahead and say, like, oh, that was an off night, 
he still had other wins before that. He was still undefeated. He's still a good guy. He beat Tofima. But... I mean, he still has that over him. Yeah, exactly. But it's just going into this fight immediately after getting just absolutely fucking like dominated. It's gonna be really tough, man. And I don't, I don't think he'll be able to go ahead and. I don't think he'll be able to do it, which is a shame. Because you know, I like I said I just don't like this fight in a media rematch. It's just, it's just not gonna work out well for him. But it should be an, a good fight. It's happening on ESPN. If you guys want to go and watch that one, and finally. This is the last card. Now, look, we're not really going to have a whole lot to say about this one, just by virtue of the fact there's been a couple of uh, cancellations. This card was really supposed to be headlined by Hassine Rockman versus Vitor Belfort. That got postponed. Swarms was really supposed to be on this card. It's Misfit Boxing 2 going down Saturday in the U.K., live on the zone. I mean, it's going to be headlined by uh, Jay Swingler versus Shirley's Jay Swingler. Formerly, I believe he wasn't he the first person to box Gibb, if I remember correctly. I believe so. Yeah. You might be right about that. Yeah. Um, also, the undercard, JMX is going to be making a return. Slim's going to absolutely murder Ryan Taylor. Uh, and Anthony Taylor's also coming back as well. I mean, overall, what do you think about this card? What fights stand out to you? Which one are you most looking forward to? I mean, I'm just curious to see uh, if, uh, if uh, oh my, I'm blanking on him. Uh, he just came in as uh, Slim, right? Yeah. Did you see Slim gets another big finish? I mean, I was generally, I was really more invested if it would have been Hasim versus Vitor. I was, gonna see, I was curious to see how Vitor did. Mm-hmm. Or how he was going to perform, I'll put it like that. Outside of that, my, inter- my interest for the overall card is, is, is not very much. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I mean, I know that this, this card's taken a couple of hits, but um, still not exactly very exciting. Um top to bottom. You know, I'm excited for Slim. I know that uh, JMX has has looked good anytime I've seen him fight. Um, Anthony Taylor should beat this kid he's fighting, Ashley Roxu. Apparently he looked like shit last time he fought, so uh, he should <laughs> get it. I mean, that's just what I've heard. Pretty, pretty Boy Taylor, man. He's just, he just been doing things, man. He's just been doing his thing, hasn't he? Lots of activity. Lots of activity. I feel like I see him fighting every other month, you know? Good for him, man. Getting his, getting his due, getting his money. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll probably watch, but it's definitely like all the matches happening this weekend. It's by far my least anticipated card. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens, man. Um, but yeah, that's all we got in terms of action this weekend. I mean, but we do got some other uh, some other news to go over. I said like that's all, as if there's not a shit ton of boxing. But anyways, uh, we do have some news to go over. And uh, actually, we do got to go ahead and before we get into news, we got to do a go ahead and uh, a quick recap because last Saturday there's no boxing, there's no MMA, but the the eyes of the combat sports world were on the Netherlands because Alistair the Ream over him was taking on Bader Hari. It was the trilogy fight. These two fought two prior times, both fights ending in finishes. We knew going in that this fight's going to be interesting. We've not seen Overeem. He's been out of the, the ring for 12 years. Botter has was winless technically in his last seven fights. Very high emphasis on the technically there. I think he had he had one overturned due to a drug test fail. The other one got stopped mid-fight. He got injured in two of those losses. Uh, so, yeah, it's been rough years for Bader Hari, uh, the poor bad boy of kickboxing. But they decided to step in the ring. And they, <laughs> they both put it all on the line. Last Saturday in glory kickboxing. In the end, after two competitive rounds, it looks like 
Botter was coasting to a win. We knew that with open scoring, he was winning on the cards. Overeem rallies, gets two knockdowns in the third round, gets the win by unanimous decision. Following that, he gets on the mic, calls out Rico Verhoeven, comes into the ring, champion. If you guys don't know the glory, kickboxing heavyweight champion. Um, shit. Mike that- down, Angel. Mike Man, it went, it, it was so epic, Josh. You had the proper build up. I know, dude. Fuck. I'm not even going to cut it out. You know, you, that's a, that's a quartet sound off original right there. You guys, we, we keep shit real on this show, we, all right? We keep it real. We don't, we, we don't, don't edit anything shit. out. We don't edit anything out. We don't fact check either. Slurs. Uh, anyways, um, <laughs> uh, anyways, so yeah, uh, he calls out Ricky Van Hooven, gets in the ring and they have a face off, which, Great meme potential of Rico getting in the ring and over and going, whoa, whoa, like, like acting like he's afraid. Great, great meme potential. Uh, but regardless, man, give me your thoughts on O-Ring's win. The uh, possible match with Rico next. And then also, Badr decided to retire from kickboxing, or at least likely retire from kickboxing I mean, following the loss. I mean, good, good for Bader, right? If he's stepping away, you know, he's, he's been around for a long time. For Overing, man, fucking best possible outcome since exiting the UFC, right? Oh, yeah. Like, everything is going good. And he's going to make good money, I'm assuming, from this Rico fight if it ends up going down. I mean, this is what they wanted originally. Dude, they're going gonna to fucking sell out some people. Like, they're going to sell out a fucking crowd in the, in the, uh, in Europe for sure with that. I one. mean, I mean, Rico's a shit out there, and obviously, Oberry has a big following. I mean, you know, there's going to have eyes on it. Mm hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, that's the right match to make. I understand the, like, there's some other guys in, in division that would be fun to see over him fight, like Jamal Ben Sadiq would be fun, but look, man, I, this is a fight to me. And let's be honest, Josh, there's probably people who deserve a title shot against Rico, too, that we're, we probably don't know of. Yeah, exactly. I probably, I mean, I don't know. But like, you know, we're going to be selfish and we're going to want to watch this. And dude, I mean, Rico had a match with Potter not too long ago. Obviously it ended in an in injury, right? Yeah. If I remember right, and it was and it was kind of a banger. I mean, if Overeem just beat Botter, you know, we're not gonna do some fucking kickboxing math here. Who knows, right? I mean, there's potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I'm fucking like you said. There's probably some other guys who deserve this title shot because you know, oh, it's you know, oh, this this or that or whatever. Like this guy beat this guy. It's like, dude, let's be honest here. Glory needs all the attention they can get. And uh, this is a huge fight to make. I mean, I understand that, like, Rico can, can sell out anything. He's a draw in in of itself. But, like, Alistair is a former K1 heavyweight champion. I really don't have an issue with them make, giving him a title shot immediately. Like, I mean, shit, especially when he beat Botter. I understand Botter, you know, we talked about his rough stretch. But, like, I honestly don't care. I'm way more excited, again, for Overeem versus Rico than any of the fight glory can make at the moment, and that's all that really matters. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, overall, it's you. You can kind of tell watching Wolverine like it took him a round and a half to be like, oh shit, like yeah, I I know what this is. But dude, once he got acclimated, he was on that fucking uppercut that he landed from hell was yep. ruthless, dude. I mean, he was he was firing on all cylinders, especially near the end of that third round. And shit, dude, who knows? Give him five against Rico. Who knows what will happen? So I, I'm very excited at the prospect of that fight. Um, we don't know if that's going to be made official yet, but given the fact that Rico got in the ring, it's always a very good indication that that's going to be the fight to make next. So, yeah, man, super psyched for that one. Like you mentioned, dude, everything's going right for Overeem. Everything's going right. I mean, it, 
this was the best outcome, honestly. I mean, Bonner put on a respectable performance, gets it right off into the sunset. Alistair Overeem picks up the win, sets up a huge fight with Rico next. Everything uh, went right for glory last Saturday, and it's been a while since we've been able to say that. By the that, way, let's say, let's say Overeem were to beat a, uh, a Rico, or let's say that fight happens. Yeah. Do you think that Bellator would ever consider trying to get Overeem to fight Fedor? Uh, probably. I, I'd be willing to bet that they've already tried, you know? I mean, they probably try to get every heavyweight that they can who's a free agent or in a, not, not in the UFC, I'm assuming. To an extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the thing, the thing about, the thing about Fedor's retirement is I feel like they've reached out to every single big name. And they're just trying to figure out what to do right now. Because that's gonna be a huge fight. And, and we know that like, it's literally the retirement fight for one of the greatest fighters of all time. And f- for all the Beltors, from my criticisms of them, they generally step up and they put on a good show, you know. Because um, they don't just want to give him Bader. Like, I feel like if they wanted to, they would have just, they would have given no fucks, they would have already done it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because Bader's been out of action for a while already anyway. So, uh, yeah, I think that it's not going to be Bader. Because that, Fedor wants that one, but like at the same time, I, I don't, they would have just already done it. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, but. And at that point, it leaves it up the question of like, oh, who's it going to be? Is it going to be? I mean, Anderson, we talked about Anderson Jason Silva. For a bit. Will be Anderson Silva? Will it be Overeem? Will Fabricio? it be Jake Hager? <laughs> Verdum? Verdum? I mean, there's there is the rematch. Bigfoot Silva? That's a joke. They they wouldn't do that one. Oh, probably. God, God Josh, what well, you're probably. Josh, I should punch you for that. You tell me you don't want to see Fader get his win back though. Still, Josh. Oh, you can, you didn't even deny it. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I want to see him get a win back, I at least want to get it over someone who can still fight back, like like Verdum. Yeah, that's fair enough, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, anyways, man, back m- moving on. We we're gonna have we just had a huge trilogy in the kickboxing world. Well, we're gonna have the exact opposite of a big trilogy going down to the boxing world. So we've been following this Tyson Fury Anthony Joshua saga. And I think we both came to the conclusion that it, like that fight, I wish it had a better build up, but I'm not gonna be mad if we get that fight. You know what I mean? I would love to see Fury versus Usyk, but like, dude, if Fury versus Joshua comes out, I'm not gonna be mad. Well, it turns out that Fury's been negotiating with Derek Chazor the whole time. Um because they are now set to uh fight December third. I believe in Cardiff, but I don't know if that's confirmed yet. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, these two have fought twice already. I believe they fought once in the um, more like the regional scene back in like 2010, I believe. Um, In that fight, it was closer, but Fury still relatively won easily. They rematched a couple of years later when they were both kind of breaking into like the world title scene. Um, world championship like caliber level fighters and Fury easily dominated in one by finish. Well, we're getting the trilogy December third. That was really the date that Fury versus Joshua was going for. Um, what do you, I mean? I don't know what to say about this one. What, what do you What do you think about this matchup, man? I, I'm kind of and I'll, I'll give you my long thoughts in a minute. But what do you think about this one, dude? What could I expect from a guy who's a 38 year old Derek Chisora at this point? You know what I mean? Hmm. Like credit, he, he beat Pulev. He gave him a hell of a fight. But before that, dude, it was back-to-back losses. Joseph Parker, Usyk. 
I mean, those guys are good. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, there's no interest here. I mean, they could have thrown, they could have gave him some young guy that we really don't know who had a good record. I mean, Andy Ruiz, Usyk, John, I mean, anybody, any of those three guys would have been more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, I will give him credit. This is better than Mahmoud Shar. It's better than that fight. That's the bar is so low that anything, anything surpasses it. But I mean, look, dude. I'm trying to look on the bright side. I'm happy that Shazor is getting a payday. You know, he he's 38. He's been around the game for such a long time. He's coming off a huge win over Pulev. So in a roundabout way, like I am, I am all right with some aspects of this fight, right? But like, once I saw that apparently they are they're making this fight, and they've been negotiating for the last three weeks. That's that's the story. Because we heard about this fight possibly coming, and then it turned into Shar, and then it turned into Joshua, then it turned back into Shar, and now it's Chizora. These these two sides have been negotiating for the entire time. Like that's apparently Joshua was never even on the table. So. Um, that's really fucking frustrating. Dude, an out of a lean rematch would have been more interesting. Yeah, it really would have been. I mean, the thing is, is like, I don't think I've ever seen, like, I, I could actually feel comfortable saying, I've never seen a, a fight in MMA or boxing where the first two fights were so lopsided. Like, neither one was close in any capacity. Chizor never rocked him. He might have won maybe one or two rounds max. I'd have to go back and watch the fights. And now they're going to do a third one. The closest thing is, like, MMA. Like, Tito Ortiz fought Ken Shamrock, like, three times. But at least in the first fight, like, Ken had some moments that he dropped Tito. And the next two were slaughters. This fight, like, this is a very real possibility that Chizor is going to go three fights without winning a round. Like, that's, like, a very real possibility. Um... I mean, yeah, man, I'm I'm so fucking disappointed, dude. I mean, I, this is this is genuinely like upsetting, I guess. Um, I mean, like, I'm not gonna cry about it, but like to have to have Fury versus Usyk on the table, and then Fury versus Joshua on the table, and you end up with Fury versus Chizora three. It's like I, I can't even make a comparison for it. It's just so disappointed. You know what I mean? It's like it's like wanting an Xbox One for Christmas, and then you open it up and it's a pack of gum. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> a pack of gum. Holy shit! Not even a fucking PS2. I like no 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 because a pack of gum you you enjoy you're gonna enjoy that pack of gum right? But once you get through that pack of gum, you're gonna forget that shit even happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> dude, I'm not dude. We're not gonna remember Fear versus. I can guarantee you this. Fear versus Chizor three. We're probably gonna miss that shit on the rundown, like in December. You know, you know what the trolley, you know what would be the trolliest shit if Chizora won. Dude, I I am rooting so hard for Chizora. <laughs> there are not words. I'm sitting, <laughs> I am sitting. The MMA gods clearly exist, as evidenced by Nate versus Hamzat being broken up. I don't know about the boxing gods though, but if they exist, I'm sending every single prayer that I have. I'm a hardcore atheist, but I believe in MMA and boxing gods now. So I'm sending every prayer that I have <laughs> to the boxing gods to go and have Derek Chisora, Del Boy, to pull off the win. You know? Um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. We'll, we'll talk more about this fight, obviously, whenever it gets closer, but. It seems like that's that's gonna that's that's happening. So you know, is what it is. Um, 
anyways, man, moving on in the rundown. We're t- you know, we talked about uh, <laughs> talked about Fury vs. Jordan. Now let's talk about some other big boxing news. Um, and that big boxing news being that uh, Uriah Hall, who we just talked about, he retired, I believe, a month or two ago from the UFC. Apparently, his contract either got out of his contract or they gave him clearance to box. He's going to be boxing former NFL running back turned boxer Le'Veon Bell on the undercard of Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. This is a um, – if you started up like like Fight Night Champion and you downloaded, <laughs> and, and you downloaded like 200 created boxers and you hit random – this is the fucking matchup you'd get, dude. I thought, dude, I thought I was tripping when I saw when I saw this shit come across my feed. Like, like I thought I was high or some shit, dude. Like, I, I was like, wait a minute. You like, gotta think this- about the world we live in, though, Josh. I mean, Jake Paul boxed Tyrone Woodley, Conor McGregor boxed Mayweather. I mean, we live in this world, Josh. But like, <laughs> this doesn't. This doesn't make sense out of any aspect, though, because at least, like, Connor is, like, a huge name. Floyd's a big name. Jake was moving into boxing, and we've known that for a while, and he was only going to fight guys, like, smaller. And, like, he knew, he knew that MMA was the more popular sport at the time, so he took advantage of that. Like, this fight still doesn't make any – dude, not only are we getting this fight, we're getting Chris Avila versus Dr. Mike. We are getting the weirdest – they have gone – balls out. They're just going all in on the weird match. It's the multiverse, dude. Like, this is the multiverse. This is the one we live in, you know? This is the one where fucking Batman didn't... Where fucking Batman's friends didn't get shot. Fucking Bruce Wayne got shot, you know? Like... Yeah, this is... You know, I've said a long time ago that whenever the Royals won the World Series in, in 2015, we got entered into some weird timeline. Because, by the way, they were shit after that season, and they've not been, like, they were very, very, they were good for two seasons, and then they were shit again. And they were shit before that, too. At some point, some hole opened up when the Royals won the World Series, and just nothing's been right since. I'm not going to get into politics, but you guys know that one, uh, the big one that I'm not going to, well, there's multiple big ones, I guess. Oh, yeah, dude, Russia, you know, Russia, yeah. Russia, I mean, Russia already... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Russia had already invaded around. Ukraine by by that point. But anyways, like, like, just some shit happened, and like the world has not been right since. And this is just another example of that, man. Like, I don't know if I believe in multi universes, but like, something went wrong in ours. Like, <laughs> some crazy shit's happening, man. Um, I mean, look, in terms of in terms of betting odds, in terms of the fight itself. Uriah Hall should put the work in, right? Like, he should be able to beat Le'Veon Bell. Like, what do you think about the matchup itself, beyond just all the craziness of the fight being made? I mean, Le'Veon Bell's got some work, man. And he's obviously an athlete. He's disciplined. He puts in the work. He took the adjustments from his corner when he it was in the – what was it? He was the one who uh, knocked out Adrian Peterson, right? Yeah, correct. Put him out there. Um, yeah, and he he's – Yes, there's something there. He doesn't flinch when he gets punched. I mean, there's there's something there to work with. And it, I think it'd be interesting. And for Uriah, man, I mean, it's not MMA. It's boxing. It's a different sport. At the end of the day, we gotta we gotta we gotta say it, man. You know, you saw it with Woodley. You saw it with a uh, saw it with Ben. We've seen it with guys when they you know they they cross over. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. 
So the same should apply to Uriah Hall. Yeah. I mean, the, the big difference is, though, is that we have no idea just how good Le'Veon Bell is. I thought he he looked solid in in the knockout of Adrian Peterson. But I, I watched that whole fight, and it was actually – Adrian Peterson, to my knowledge, has never really boxed, with the exception of, you know, picking up boxing in, like, the four months he had to train for the fight. Um, although Adrian Peterson's, like, probably the biggest freak athlete I've ever seen in football. You know, he's he's right there. Maybe maybe Aaron Donald, but Aaron Donald's probably on some, you know, some supplements. Some Sassoul. You know, well, he, look, he's peeled out of his fucking tree, man. Let's just go ahead and call for what it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's diced to the socks, okay? Uh, Adrian Peterson has never diced to the socks. He's just like a physical – he he just has bursts. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't explain it. Like, he, he's, he's a freak athlete. Like um, like that LeBron, just like, just special. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think LeBron's probably on, you know, some stuff too. I don't know about Adrian Peterson. Oh man, Josh, you're about to get into your thing where you think, who you think you're on the Sassoul. And all I think, sports. I think most professional athletes are. I think Adrian Peterson's probably on something, but like, dude, the guy tore his ACL, like in the final game of the 2011 season. Tore, and normally at the time, tearing your ACL was a death sentence. So it's 10 years ago. I mean, <clears throat> over 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Torres ACL comes back the next year, runs for two thousand yards, like dead ass. He was eight yards away from breaking the record. Um, they yeah, used the fucking super soldier serum on him, dude. Damn right he did. So he w- he wins MVP, goes back the next year, gets another has another incredible season, runs for a thousand yards. He tears his ACL again, Angel. He tears it again. It's twenty fourteen. He plays one game. You know what I mean? Um. Actually, never mind. I'm wrong. That's not exactly what happened. But anyways, he was gone for a year. Um, he comes back, runs for another 1,500 yards. Like, the guy just, he is absurd. He ran for, like, 1,000 yards, and he was, like, 37 for the Washington uh, Commanders. So uh, They yeah, weren't called that at the time, Josh. What were they called? Huh? Oh. <laughs> Why'd you say it, Angel? Uh, I mean, they formerly, uh, form- the Washington, now known as the Washington Commanders, formerly known as the Redskins. There you go. Although I think, te- I think technically it was just the Washington football team, whatever a, a, AP made for them, so I don't know. Oh, really? It was a Washington football team at the time? I, th- I think so. But anyways, um, yeah, man. So in that fight, you know, Le'Veon did not look good against Adrian Peterson, but Adrian Peterson's a freak athlete, so I'm not sure how much you can take away from that. This is the only four rounds I can easily see Uriah Hall who at times has an issue pulling the trigger, he's never boxed before, I could totally see Le'Veon Bell pulling out a decision out of his ass in a fight that's terrible. Could you I mean, imagine the world we live in? It's Le'Veon not Bell, Shariah Hall. What if, what if, you know what would be scary? Le'Veon Bell, Isis, Shariah Hall. Dude, I would be surprised at that. I would not be surprised if Le'Veon won. Like I said, everybody's sleeping. And then, and, then, and then if Uriah knocked out Le'Veon, we wouldn't be surprised at all. We would just feel sorry for Le'Veon that he got put in that no, situation. I would, I would, no, fuck Le'Veon Bell, dude. <laughs> Le'Veon's a dick, dude. After he talks shit about Andy Reid, I've always questioned his, uh, really? you know. I'm like, dude, nobody has beef with Andy Reid, except for Le'Veon Bell, apparently. Like, it's just... Shay, we don't know what happened. We don't know what happened. But, yeah, I mean, look, that's going to be a hell of a card, an interesting fight. Again, we talked about it last week, I believe. It's October 29th. Three big fight cards happening that day. So, uh, yeah, man, super exciting. Um, he's obviously got UFC and Bellator and Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. And speaking of UFC, our last kind of couple topics revolve around them. We have two legends who are having their uh, retirement fights go down 
late this year slash early next year. So we'll go and hit off with the one that's happening sooner. UFC 281, New York, Madison Square Garden. Frankie, the answer, Ed, you're one of the greatest uh, fighters in UFC history, I feel pretty comfortable saying. The guy had success across three fucking weight classes. Uh, he, he has lost two in a row, though, by vicious knockout. He's deciding to call it quits. I believe he is 40. He'll be 41 by the time the fight takes place. His birthday is this week, funnily enough. Um, he's going to be taking on a guy we've talked about in the past. is like a low-key, you don't really discuss, discuss this kid, but he's a contender. El Guapo. Chris Gutierrez. A, uh, he has not lost in his last eight fights. And he's taking on Frankie Edgar. Give me your thoughts on this matchup, man. I, I think, honestly... There were fights that are better fights for Frankie to make, but at the oh, same dude. time, they fumbled the bag. They did. At the same time, though, I gotta be honest with you, I'm I'm kind of fucking with this matchup just by virtue of the fact that El Guapo is finally getting a big name. He is getting a big name, which could be a good or bad thing for Frankie, and it's a good thing for Chris, I think, regardless, because he he deserved a opportunity. But they fumbled the bag, man. I, I felt like they really missed out on Jose Aldo and Tom Cruise. Those two matchups, they did not want to. For some reason, put either three of these guys, these big names together in any capacity. And now Jose Aldo's retired, and now Frankie Edgar will retire after this fight, and Dominic Cruz is left over. And I felt like we just really missed out on just having those matchups, and you know, WEC never die! Damn right. Uh, so yeah, that, it sucks, but I mean, it's just how it played out, but I really do think Frankie deserved one of those one of those guys, one of those legends in, in, in a matchup. I mean, I felt like it was, for me, it was more Aldo, Cruz and anything, I felt like that that was just something that needed to happen and it should have happened, but we were prevented of it. It's about Frankie Edgar. It's like they really did fumble the bag. Because there are some guys who get a graceful exit, and I said it earlier. Like there are guys that get graceful exits, and there are guys that get Rafael Suns out. I don't think they're intentionally trying to Rafael Suns out fucking Frankie Edgar. It's just kind of happening. You know what I mean? Because they had the Josie Olive fight, and I think they. I don't think they would have figured, because Jose said it before, like, yeah, if I lose, I'm retiring. But a lot of fighters say that. So I think they probably just assumed, that, like, yeah, he'll probably lose to Marab, and then we can go ahead and, you know, we can go ahead and get that fight regardless. Well, that's not what's happening, sadly. Very um, sad. Right before the Brazil, you know, thing at the start of next year, it would have just been nice. That would have been a nice send-off. Yeah, and then the Dominic Cruz thing, it's like, Dom got murked by Cheeto, so he just was not going to be available in time. He did. You know what I mean? He got, he got <laughs> yeah, you're right. He got fucking kicked in the face. Nose fucking obliterated. Yeah, so it just was not going to happen. And Frankie, like, I, it was either this or you probably have to wait till next year's MSG. I think he wants to retire in MSG. He wants to retire in his home, his home city. And I get it. But, like, damn, dude, they really – like, why why couldn't they just pull Cub Swanson from his fight with Jonathan Martinez or something? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> That that would have been a fucking fun matchup. Holy Those shit. guys fought twice before. I understand Frankie won both times, but it's like, shit, dude. Like, there were so many other good fights. Like, like I said, I'm happy. I'm very happy for Chris Gutierrez. He deserves a big name. He really does. And I'm shocked that they gave this fight to him. But, man, like, what does Frankie get out of this? He doesn't get anything. So, yep. yeah. Hopefully he's a paycheck, man. I mean, he must make a lot of money. He's been in the UFC forever. Yeah, and they like Frankie. He's one of those guys that they, you know, he's get, he's gotten a couple of title shots maybe he didn't deserve. He's been in a lot of situations where, like, you see the UFC really likes him. So, um, yeah, I mean. I mean, I'm he's happy. an all-time great. I mean, that's he a is. He, the guy For the guy to have 
he was top five across three weight classes. He held gold in one of them, and he challenged for gold in another one, and he was top five in the bantamweight. That is borderline insane. Like, that should not happen. That's go. I mean, that's goaded status right there. I mean, maybe he's not, you know, maybe you won't consider him one of the top five, but he's up there, man. He's a name. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it is what it is in that matchup, but I'm sure it'll be fun regardless. And... It's not the matchup I want for Frankie, but I still think it's winnable. I don't think I don't think Frankie is as washed as his knockout reel would suggest recently. Like he got marked by Corey in the first thirty seconds, like and it may not even be that much, it'd be like twenty seconds. That shit happens sometimes. Even the greats get put out early. And then the Cheeto verified he was winning until he got caught in the literally the last minute. So Yeah. And you gotta you gotta think about where those two guys are at. It, it, oh, you know, yeah. after that. So it's it's all, it makes sense, right? Exactly. Um, but yeah, man. And and another matchup we got to go and talk about. This one, I don't like in any aspect. Like I said, there there was there are elements of Frankie Edgar versus Chris Gutierrez where I look at that shit and I'm like, oh, like fuck yeah, man. Like let's go. You know, Shogun Hua probably should have retired as early as shit. Shogun's looked washed for, like, eight years, but he just somehow wins fights. <laughs> he really should have retired probably around 2018, if we're being completely honest. But that's, that's, the, that's like, the latest mark. But, um, look, man, he's lost two in a row. Last time I was a split decision loss to OSP, you should also be thinking about calling quits. He has a retirement fight. There were talks of Leota Machida. I know that I think we suggested possibly a fight with um, – because I know we already talked about him retiring. I think we even suggested a fight with maybe Gustafson. You know what I mean? Um, and I know that we discussed that. I don't know if that was on air or like just hanging out, but um, in the green room, excuse me. Um, he's going to be fighting <laughs> 18 and 3, 26 year old kid out of Ukraine, Ilhor Poteria, who formerly fought in the Contender Series. He got knocked out by Nikolai Nigaranbu. At UFC 277 earlier. I remember that was a banger, though. That was. That was a good fight. So, yeah, man, that's going to be having UFC 283 in January in Brazil. Angel, I don't give a flying fuck about this fight. <laughs> I do not care. This is the worst matchup they could have done magically. Can, can you convince me otherwise? Or, or like, or no, do you have I, any I, elements that you like? No, I can't argue for it. Dude, he could have fought, fought Nogueira again. <laughs> you know, they could have pulled him out. Been like, come back. Yeah. Give us, give us one more, please. So they, like, I, I, I'm sure that was, you know, long out of the window. I mean, he probably should have retired after that fight, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, probably. I'm pretty sure that Noguera did retire after their trilogy. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about, like, he also should have retired yeah, after that fight. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But he didn't. Took two years off and... Oh no, I guess I guess we fought Paul Craig, but yeah, there was a two year gap in there. Still though, I mean I, I I don't know. Who knows what would have been the right choice at this time. Yeah. Leo Machida though, back like if they would have they could have brought uh, Leoto back and done that in Brazil, that would have been sick. Yeah, man. And the reality is that that would have made way more sense. And you know, the Sensei Seagal would have been there, like it would just oh, have been a whole God. thing. 
Liotta, yeah. Liotta would be pissing, drinking his piss in between rounds, you know? <laughs> Savage. These new fighters, these new fighters aren't dedicated like back in the day, you know? Why isn't Israel Adesanya drinking his own piss? That's what I want to know. Did we ever confirm this? Has there ever been any sort That's of confirmation? That's what he said, yeah. That's what, uh, he's admitted it. Oh, shit. What the fuck? <laughs> I fucking can't, man. Yeah, man. I don't, I have zero defense for this fight. I do not care about he, it. He also drinks, like, newborn's blood. Because <laughs> he's about that life, Angel. Because he's about that life. That's why he does it. He's all about the game. Jesus Christ. These these new kids aren't dedicated. See, back in my day, you would you would drink piss before every fight. Jeez. Anyways, um, yeah, this fight sucks. But uh, last bit of news, man. Um, Alexander Volkanovski will be the backup fighter. Now I know that uh, Benil Dardush previously said that, like, yeah, he's probably going to get the position. Yeah, now, yeah, not anymore. Yeah, right. Poor, poor Benil. Um, Alexander Volkanovsky will be the backup fighter for UFC 280 going down in Angel. We got 11 more days. 11 more days till UFC 280. Um, yes, sir. Hanging out with the boys for that one. And by the boys, I mean me. But, uh, anyways, uh, it's just. Hey, that's so hype as shit, though. Like, it is. It is. You're my guy. You know how we get for fights, man? We get excited. I, love I know. It. Man. Uh, hey, man. I'm hype. I was just making a joke. But, um,. Yeah, man, UC 280, obviously that one's going to be main evented by Islam versus Charlie Olives. Alexander Volkanovski is the backup. You know what I kind of wish they would do? Whenever they have these backup fighters, throw Alexander Volkanovski versus, like, the worst lightweight on the roster. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just give us one more big fight. Like, what's the, what's, like, just just to give him a reason. You know what I mean? Give him a reason for him to be there. And then, you know, worst case scenario, you have to pay off the guy who's going to be fighting, like, the bigger backup name. So, I always thought that's kind of like a missed opportunity. But whatever. Uh, what do you think about him being the backup for UC280? I mean, that's crazy. I mean, they, that means that in some capacity he had, because, I mean, they're going to pay him, right? Because you get paid when you do this. Yeah. They have to be considering to actually let him fight at 155 for the title. Mm-hmm. You know, and th- th- I don't know. This doesn't. Ne- you know, we were talking about it a little bit before we started the podcast. That it doesn't necessarily mean he's next in line, but it shows though that there's some sort of interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that um, you know, here here's here's why I'm happy about it because the reality is, is that the backup fighter has never ever been used. Which is kind of crazy to think about. Literally never, and they've been doing this thing for like years now, man. I mean, I that, think they that's started good this, though. That's good. No, it is it, a good thing. It is, and they're prepared. Yeah, history just says they're not gonna. I feel like they never have a backup fighter when they actually need one, uh, which is kind of funny. But um, <laughs> like they didn't have a backup fighter for whenever Charlie Alves fought last time. And look You're what happened. Right. What so, could have been right? What could have been that night? If someone yeah, exactly. else. Like they had other lightweights on the card, but like. Chandler and Ferguson were both on losing streaks, so they weren't going to get a title shot. So, yeah, they kind of fumbled that one. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, I, I like this move because it signals that Volkanovski's about that life, and he's moving up to 155, 155 next. I think, by the way, in order to bring some life into that division, you got to have Yair fight, you know, um, Josh Emmett for the interim title. You know what I mean? I think that just makes a lot more sense. Give people a reason to be invested. Because right now, Volkanovski is head and shoulders above the rest. Like, we know that Max Holloway on that one night, you know, I guess the first fight was kind of close, too, but, you know, I thought that was a clear Volk win. 
I think Volkanovski is still only getting better, and I think Max might be plateauing at this point. Like, just, it's all, he's probably had his best performances to this point, so... Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm happy to see him moving up to lightweight. I think it's pretty dope that he wants to do both. He wants to defend titles in both divisions, and I know that he'll be able to do it. He's the uh, he's the perfect professional. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I don't have anything else to add to this. I'm just so fucking excited for UFC 280. That's all I got. I am too, man. I am, and for the wins to happen, and make sure everybody's there and everybody's on weight, and no craziness happens, man, because you never know what could go down, especially with them being in Abu Dhabi. I mean, shit, we remember Masvidal made that crazy weight cut and had to fly and had to go through Italy and all that and make weight to to come save the card. That was uh, when uh, Kamara was originally supposed to fight Gilbert in Abu Dhabi, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they called Jorge, and Jorge came last minute and made weight. I mean, you never know what could happen. Yeah, and anything can happen on these Abu Dhabi cards, man. And I know they're going to make this a huge deal. And um, <clears throat> I love these these early morning cards. Honestly, I gotta admit it. I we said on this card on this uh, podcast before, but I love early morning cards, early afternoon cards. They're just my personal favorite. Just <clears throat> I'm not. I don't know why. Why? Uh, I think it's good to have these every once in a while. Like I was, I think pay per views are kind of like set up to be like late night. But like, dude, this shit's happening. I know we looked it up. It's like noon our time. Pay per view starts. So. Pretty sick, but yeah, I'm very excited for this event. Very excited for Volkanovski to hopefully get back in there, and obviously the main event, UC 280 versus Charlie Alves in uh, Islam Makachev. So yeah, man, very excited for that. Very excited for this card. And um, anything else you want to talk about before we close out? No, nothing else, man. I mean, uh, banger of a podcast. Excited to watch these fights this weekend, and uh, for the pay per view we got coming up, man. Can't it's, it's not here soon enough. For sure, man. For sure, and. Um, that's all we got. Hope you guys enjoyed the show as well. I'm at Josh Evanoff on Twitter. He's at AndrewTake underscore 01 at Courtside Sound for all things related to the show. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.